What is going on, everyone? You have found the Mission Driven Made podcast, where it is our desire to provide no cost, high value, and unfiltered fitness information to the world. It is our hope that through this podcast and our daily content, that you feel equipped and empowered to apply this information in your everyday life. Make sure, if you haven't already, you check out some of our free resources. Head over to missiondrivenmade.com, click learn, and there you can download our free nutrition myth ebook. On the episode today, we start with what is called a life section. And here, of course, we have to discuss the Super Bowl. I'm sure you guys already guessed that already. We also talk about seeing dads and daughters strength train in the gym together. And then we talk a little bit about the show Biggest Loser and our thoughts on that. Make sure you hang around for the second portion of the episode today, which is our fitness focus section. And here we start by talking about some of the funny things that we've heard in the fitness industry this week. Don't worry, it will not disappoint. Then we talk about some optimal ways to gain flexibility that have nothing to do with static stretching. And then we end the episode today with the Q&A with the question of, should I static stretch? All right, everyone, kick back, get a nice large cup of coffee, and enjoy the episode. Dude, have you been um, enjoying the cherry smoothies? Yeah, I enjoyed the... I'm enjoying the cherry smoothie so much that I've already killed my cherry, uh, frozen cherry bag in my freezer. <laughs> Are you serious? Nice. Yeah, guys, I texted Jake like four days ago. <laughs> Dude, that's that's uh, that's legit. I I think it's so delicious doing a little protein smoothie shake thingy. Yeah, those cherries are. I wouldn't actually. I mean, I like cherries, but I never realized how delicious they are in a smoothie. You know, I just put serving or two of those and then just a hint of um like cocoa powder in there Ooh, and like i think you talked about that yeah uh, the other day with me it's so tasty yeah. and it's like my i'm sure you notice for all it's my little routine while we're recording i have my little smoothie right here yep. and the cherries dude uh, we're almost out though so i'm not sure what i'm gonna do yeah this would be fast. nothing else i can can eat yeah. after you <laughs> know, cherries are too good yeah i had a when i texted you so like four or five days ago I had two of the, like the Safeway, you know, they're not the big bags, but they're, you know, they were on sale. So like the, the you know, whatever, $5 bags. And I had the mixed berries. I had the cherries. I had um, frozen strawberries and bananas. No, no, sorry. Those are two different trips. Anyway, point being though, is I, ha- I got all this new stuff like four days ago. I'm like, oh, this will be good. Seven days, you know, seven, eight days, maybe even nine. Maybe we can even, no, like four yeah. or five days. Yeah. Um, I have not been... Um, I, I, I generally don't portion control to the, uh, you know, I don't, I'm very, I portion control, uh, broad strokes, right. You know, I kind of do mm-hmm. what we talk about, uh, in like precision, tr- you know, when we're talking about, um, new nutrition clients, you know, kind of using our hand sizes as different portion yeah. control. Right. I don't, I don't look at my hand anymore cause I have an idea of what I need, but that said, when there's something like black cherries that that and I'm not, you know, I'm not being super meticulous about how much I'm putting in. It's like that. Oh, there goes half the bag. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Delicious. Dude, the, the only problem, though, with like if you get those mixed bags, mm. they're good. Don't get me wrong. But one of the old ones we used to get. So there was pineapple, there was blueberry and strawberry. Yep. Sounds great, right? Yeah. The issue is 
you get past that little top layer of the bag, and it's literally just blueberries, because I'm assuming yeah. those are the cheapest, <laughs> so they fill it up 90% with that, and make it look all pretty on top with, you know, the strawberries and the pineapple. Yeah. So it's always frustrating. They always seem to do that. Uh, but when you just get one thing like cherries or whatever, it's delicious. I do miss pineapple, though. I think pineapples and, and shakes are really good. And I don't mm-hmm. care what everyone says. Pineapple on pizza is the way to go. Oh, do you know everyone? Yeah. Oh, I'll fight anybody who says pineapple and pizza doesn't belong in pizza. <laughs> I will fight anybody who says pineapple doesn't belong in pizza. You know what doesn't belong in pizza? You. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Okay, check this out. Pineapple, pepperoni, extra cheese. Done. Dude. Done. So good right there. Done. So good. Yeah, the, yeah. the pineapple-pepperoni combo definitely, um, while it's not like highbrow by any means, it definitely has that kind of smack of Qzar, <laughs> like being like twelve. Qzar, you, you remember Qzar yeah. laser tag? Yeah. I guess I guess uh, for our listeners, Qzar is a um, regional laser tag company that when Jake and I were growing up was, I guess I don't know. I guess it was national. Maybe it was not. It was national. I have just no idea. You don't remember? Okay, you no, had no, no. To have I played. don't know. Like oh, the, I the just Q-Zar. knew there was one in the bay. I didn't know if they were all over the place. I had no idea because I re- I know I played with Andrew lots. And I'm sure you've played with Andrew lots. So that means that we definitely played together probably a few times. Probably. Because you know? sure. I feel like that was like, it would have been like Andrew's birthday party or some shit. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I yeah. remember, I do remember distinctly, Andrew always got top ace or top gun or whatever it was. And I was always so jealous of him. It goes back to uh, the racquetball. racquetball. Yeah. We hate him. <laughs> we yeah, hate you, Andrew. Dude, he's. He's the worst, but I love him at the same time. I know. But I also hate him. So. <laughs> I know you guys are going to see as soon as uh, Andrew comes on regularly. Uh, for those of you who are, who are um, listening every time he was here with us on our last uh, podcast episode 84. Um, but he is not mic'd yet. So we're we're doing a kind of a slow onboarding process um, as as is appropriate because anytime you come on to something it's you know you got to take a little time to get on uh but once he has kind of done that process you guys are gonna you're gonna hear some real fun um shenanigans between the three of us that's for sure yeah he's doing a virtual ride-alongs right now Mm. with us to to check it out but yeah it's gonna be fun once we get him uh mic'd up and everything it's Mm. gonna be a new experience for him but i think he's gonna really like it after He's doing it for a little while. Oh, absolutely. Well, I feel like it's also, it's a perfect opportunity really kind of for all of us because we have a very natural ebb and flow in our natural conversation and our natural friendships. And, you know, as we've talked about before, you and I are definitely the talkers, you know, you and, and this was back in the day, you know, throughout the years, you know, you and I are the ones who are going to like, we're going to talk, we're going to chat, we're going to like, you know, for me, I know, like, I'm a dog with a bone, so, like, when I find an issue, like, I'm used to everybody around me being like, all right, dude, like, you got it. Like, go <laughs> and do whatever you whatever you think, sure. <laughs> but, like, yeah. then there are certain people in my life who were like, well, I don't know about that, you know, and, like, would keep talking about it. And I remember you and I, like, everybody else, like, dead eyes. <laughs> and then you and I would still be talking. And it was always <laughs> some stupid. It wasn't ever, you know, yeah. stuff like this where we're talking fitness, like, it's super important, right? It was, you know, whatever bullshit we were talking about you know movies came out or whatever not games because you and i fight each other over games <laughs> dude <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that because over time i feel i've gone a bit more introverted um because i would say depending on the situation you know growing up i was you know, pretty extroverted yeah and then as i've gotten older it's gone the other way and mm. i feel i'm more extroverted in certain circumstances. So mm. if I'm hanging out with a small group of old friends mm. that I, that I've known for a long time, 
then I'm more extroverted. But if I'm in a group of people that's a little bit bigger and I don't necessarily know well, I've noticed myself not going out of my way to want to talk as much. Mm. Like I, I don't feel like energized by it as much anymore, but I do feel energized when I have, you know, small groups, close friends, or mm-hmm. obviously conversations like this, then I, I, I do like that. But it's so funny that I never would have thought that 10, 12 years ago that mm-hmm. I would call myself, you know, closer to the introvert side or actually probably somewhere in the middle. It's kind of funny, you know, you know, I've got, I kind of feel like there's something about right around, you know, your, your, your late twenties, your early thirties, where a lot of us, at least my experience in being on listeners, I'm 32. So this is very much just a, you know, current slash just past experience. Um, really have this idea that, um, that I lost my train of thought already. Never mind. Must not have been important. So about introverted extrovert. Oh, thank you. Around this age, yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm a little more scatterbrained today than usual. Um, So I feel like a lot of people right around age 30, like real life kind of kicks in, and we all, you know, a lot of us kind of get our ass beat a little bit. You know, like life. Like you know, you're in your 20s, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna make it. We're gonna, we're gonna have a house. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to eat. And then you get to 30 and you're like, oh, oh, can I, I'll pick one of those. I'll take one. You know what I mean? And like, usually it's food because none of us these days and not many of us these days are talking about getting a house right now. Right. So it's like, it's like that idea of like, we're all out, we're having, you know, we're life is great. And then you're like, oh, you get beat up. And then all of a sudden it's like, I feel like there is a natural kind of um, evening out for those of us who are more extroverted when we were younger. Cause I absolutely have, I feel my own version of what you just said, which is basically like, I was out there, I was out in the world. Yeah. It's like, ah, we're good. And like, everything's, you know, you know, we're going to make it blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And then, and then real life kicks in, you get your butt beat and then it's like, okay, well <laughs> now what are we going to do today? All right. And then, and then it becomes real life and it's yep. like, okay, well I'm, I'm building something today and then tomorrow I'm going to build something again. And then the next day I'm going to build a yep. little bit more on that as opposed to before where it was just like, I don't know that I feel like I know you're talking about being introverted or not, but that can absolutely have like a little bit of a uh, uh, can make anybody a little more introverted once you've uh, experienced the um, brutality of uh, real life. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But the the cool thing too, though, um, as life has gone on, I've realized too it's okay to be both. Yeah, if, you know, or 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 even on one side or the other is fine too. Because I used to think like, okay, if you're a real leader, you have to be extrovert you have to do this or say this and then in my head like even say a career like a trainer Mm. you wouldn't think someone introvert would be able to be successful at that but that's not true either it's not necessarily these very specific traits although of course I'm sure there's a few that are common among really good trainers Uh, I, I think it's more of the point of you know at least for a trainer getting someone where they are to where they want to be and just because you're super introvert or extrovert I think you Either way, you could still do that. So it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just different. You know what I mean? I would even argue it's a really good thing because there's a lot of introverted people out there who are not going to come work with an extroverted trainer. You know, there's a lot of introverted people who might choose and do choose often to work with somebody once they've found... Let me, let me take a step back. Everybody... Nobody really 
we, we're all looking for like the right trainer for us. So sometimes we settle in with a trainer that's not quite right for us. Sometimes we settle in with a trainer we think is not quite right for us. And we end up with that ends up that they are the right trainer for us. There's a whole bunch of different things going on. But when you start talking about all the different people out there and then you say, oh, but a trainer should be only this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a trainer, a trainer. And this is actually, I think part of the problem that, that we've developed in this industry is uh, our consumers tend to think about trainers as this muscle bound kind of jock, you know, drop down and give me 20. And certainly there's plenty of trainers that are like that, but there's a lot of trainers who aren't. And, you know, as we talk about introverted trainers um, and, and success um, you know, I, I personally, so one person in particular that I work with who I have a lot of um, admiration for and respect, uh, who's a senior trainer to me um, that I work with at, at the studio that I work at, she is very, very much the introverted person. And I see the clients that she, that, and she's, you know, she's also, she's the owner of the business and she's like, she's full time. So she's working all the time. Right. And all of her clients are completely different from all of my clients. Like they're, mm. they're just very different people. Right. Her people are, much more quiet's not the word because like quiet can almost be insulting, but much more introverted is probably this is just probably the right word, right? So right. you never know. And also, th- this is just my opinion, but one way I can tell if someone is a brand new trainer, one of the things that seems to be common is they think they have to be either a motivational coach mm. or a boot camp instructor, or oh like a mix God. of the two. Yep. And yes. It's great if you can motivate your clients, but that's a very just surface level thing. Yeah. So when it, when I see people just yelling, thinking they're a, a drill sergeant in boot camp, mm-hmm. like to one on one class, it's just it's funny to me. It's like I I feel you see that more with someone that's brand new and mm-hmm. it doesn't really get it yet. I mean, uh, an experienced trainer more meets like we've talked about meets people where they're at, and then you decide what that person needs. And you help them get there. And so normally that's not good. With an everyday person, being a drill sergeant isn't going to do that, for, at least for most people. Absolutely. And I would, I would argue that one of the most damaging things in our recent, you know, last 20 years history as a culture uh, towards both towards trainers um, and the, the, the idea of what a trainer is and should be um, was uh, The Biggest Loser. Did you, did you watch that oh, back in the day? Oh, dude. So, so okay, yeah, I can oh tell, I, can tell I, just hit a, I just hit a, a trigger for, for Jake. I just, you, so. Yeah, you just triggered me. <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll, 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 like, it sounds like we'll have a whole little section here on The Biggest Loser, but my, the context of what I'm uh, you know, implying, or not implying, I'm explicitly saying, is that America saw the biggest loser and they said, okay, it's possible to be obese and also get into shape. And that's great. That's awesome because it absolutely is. And I don't want to turn anybody away. If you're, if you are obese and you want to loot and you want to change your body, there are, there are a million ways you can do it really successful. Not a million. There's a bunch of ways you can do that really successfully. Um, the biggest loser model is my opinion the worst possible model. Well, I shouldn't say possible because you know it can always be worse, Dude, right? But it's just say it, man. I it's, it's bad. true. It's bad. It's, well, it's horrendous. Okay, so case in point, and and I'm and I I don't want to you know harp on one or the other, but Jillian Michaels over Bob. I forget what Bob's last name was, but 
Jillian Michaels had this very hard edge trainer persona, right? And she's like, she's always in your face. She's screaming. And then she says, good job. It's exactly the, the type of trainer that Jake was just saying that new trainers often model themselves after. And I would argue in large part because of The Biggest Loser, or at least The Biggest Loser was a manifestation of this already existing um, uh, culture, right? So, but here comes Biggest Loser. Here comes, um, you know, Jillian Michaels, who... I'm sure is, you know, a great trainer in terms of like results, but the reality is, is what we see as a viewer is not psychology and uh, information based teaching as much as it's old school in your face, screaming in your face, get it done. Um, And the value of that is not for the client. The value of that style is for the viewer. Because the viewer yes. watches this and is 100%. like, exactly, right? So the viewer needs, as a viewer, we need like a simple narrative. It makes a lot of sense as a viewer to be like, okay, here's the trainer. Here's the heavy person. Trainer plus heavy person equals fit person. And it's so much more complex and and, and convoluted and nuanced than that. You know, it's, it's here's, here's a person, here's another person. If the person who's the professional is on top of their game, they're leading the other person through that without having to push them off the edge, right? You know, as a trainer, there's times to gently push somebody, but that's a whole different thing than what we're used to seeing and what Jake and I are talking about. Dude, but pushing someone, though, can be great. But do that yep. show, yeah. it's so far past extreme. It's compl- It's just entertainment. It's entertainment. That's all Straight it's... Up. It, yep. Dude, it's, it's insane. I mean, they, they make them do some type of physical activity you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day. Yeah. They're on these super low calorie diets yeah. and the things I've read, almost no one that has been on that show actually maintained yeah. their weight loss. I've That's read that a bunch. And I, I was really, you know, proud to hear this too. So like Lane Norton, uh, most people know him. He's a, probably the most regarded uh, person in the nutrition space. Um, he has his PhD in nutritional sciences. Uh, anyways, it was really cool. They invited him to be on the show and they're probably going to pay him a boatload of money. And he said, no. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. you know, giving people these unsustainable and even, you know, cross in a line of unhealthy practices. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not doing Way that. So I just, I just thought it was really cool because I have heard him say over time that he will never compromise his integrity in this space by doing something like that. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to actually see someone follow through because, I mean, he who knows? Like, he could have who made hundreds of thousands of dollars for, you know, filming a handful of episodes or, but yeah, that, that show, although it's entertaining, it's um, a terrible picture to give depending on the person watching, but say someone who has never exercised before uh, or someone that doesn't have, you know, a background in fitness and they're severely overweight and they're watching that thinking that's what they have to do to get in shape. You know, that's going to push so many people away thinking, I have to exercise for 12 hours a day and right. eat 800 calories a day. And then like, I'm not even going to keep the weight off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, dang. Yeah, that's. Uh, I haven't seen that show in a long time, but... Um. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. um, I think that there was a little bit of a divide if I... And I'd have to, I'd have to do a little more research, but I think... Um, I know that the... I forget his last name, but the other trainer, right? Biggest loser was Jillian Michaels and Bob... Bob B, I forget his last name was a B something, but I can't remember. It's like Burnquest or something like that. But that's a skateboarder. Bob Burnquest, that's, that's a skateboarder, skateboarder huh? 
<laughs> okay, so not Bob Burnquist, but you know, it's Bob. It's, it, it's, uh, I can see his face so clearly in my mind. Um, he had cardiac failure, or I should say, he had he had some kind of cardiac event. Um, Congestive think, heart uh, failure, maybe. Yeah, it was it was it was like a heart attack. And, you know, he had he had some kind of heart attack. Oh, okay. some I'm not sure if it was a heart attack specifically, but it was cardiovascular disease related. And got it. And he basically came out, so he recovered from it and everything, and he came, and, and afterwards, I saw him come out, and I only saw, like, one or two ads, so it was a, it was a short promotion period, but he came out and was promoting, and I, I wish we had Andrew with us to, to fact check me, but I think he was promoting low-intensity exercise or low-to-moderate-intensity exercise for exactly, like, the reason where he's like, look, you know, like, even though, like, it felt to me like he was trying to backpedal some of the damage that they had done mm. in Biggest Loser, especially considering that that style of go, 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 go is, is that is really could be, it's, it's, it's a whole issue. We'd have to have a doctor with us, but that is potentially really not good. High intensity work can be really, can be really good and really bad depending on how you address it with a client with heart problems. So, you know, basically he comes out and he starts talking about this lower intensity, moderate exercise. And so I want to give him a little bit of credit based on that. But even then it's like how much, how much damage, and it's not his fault. There's producers, there's, you know, there's, there's network heads. He's just the face of it, right? They're just the face of it, but they, they have responsibility certainly. And so it's curious. I would be curious. I'm going to be curious to see if we're going to ever see Jillian Michaels doing something like that, where she's kind of backstepping her, her whole thing. But you know, I doubt it because this is also their bottom line, right? This is the money they make. So, yep that's that's what it's about. It's just bottom line. It's not necessarily about helping people, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is unfortunate. But that parallels just about everything we talk about on the show yeah. with the fitness industry. That's just kind of how it goes, that's unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But speaking of fitness and speaking of the gym, I did see something a little bit more uplifting the other day that made me really happy when we were at the gym and I saw. This dad with his probably six or seven year old daughter, and she was in there working out with him. Mm, and that was the cool. coolest thing I've seen in a long time. Love like it. they were on, I think they were doing tricep extensions or something, but I was watching this dad teach his little girl how to safely exercise. And I was like, man, I can't wait to do that one day. I wanted to go up to him and tell him, like, good for him, but I didn't know if he would think I was a weirdo <laughs> for coming up and saying something. But dude, what a cool thing. Like, cause I, I want to teach my girls that, you know, to, yeah. to be healthy and strong and not what was taught to just about every female in the 90s and 2000s maybe even now a little bit about severely starving themselves and doing three hours of cardio a day and whatever the crazy stuff that they were they were told you know i want to teach my kids to to be strong and healthy and uh not all the garbage we've seen the last couple decades so really cool a little different than the (laughs) the biggest loser show um but it was it was cool to see so Dude, you just made me so, so grateful to my dad because that was what I got. What you just described about teaching your little kids, you know, your 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 young daughters how to exercise effectively. That's what he did for me. I think I was I think I was like eleven ish when when he um you know started teaching me how to lift properly. Um I might have even been earlier, but I remember thinking at the time, like, eh, okay, whatever. And then my experience since then has been, um, since that time in my life, the importance of those skills has 
gradually and progressively increased to the point of necessity. Um, and, and we've talked about this, uh, listeners. I use, I use exercise legitimately as medication. I, I actually, I don't know if I've said that explicitly before, but I, I was, I, I was able to choose exercise as a measure of, of, um, I was able to choose exercise basically in place of pharmaceuticals as medicine. So let me be clear. Those pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals are very important. And the fact that they're there for me when I need them is, is absolutely a really important part. But I use exercise as a day to day in my life to manage, um, you know, various symptoms. One of which you're hearing right now, which is uh, disorganized thinking. Um, so I didn't work out this morning. I deal with disorganized thinking every day. And right in this moment, I don't even remember where I was going with this. So hopefully <laughs> we, so, we were, we were talking about like starting, you know, young with learning strength right, thank training you. and everything. I was just saying, um, I was did, very grateful. Thanks Pop. Oh, if you're right, listening. Right. <laughs> did did you back. go through a weird thing? Like, so when you were new to lifting for the first time, you say that your dad taught you, did you think you were going to be way stronger than you actually were? Because I, I was thinking back to the first time that I ever had a gym membership. You know, I was a teenager and I assumed, oh, I'm probably pretty strong or at least averagely strong. Mm -hmm. And I went to 24-hour fitness by myself and I went to the bench press, of course, because that's the only movement a teenage boy wants to do. Right. And I put 25s on both sides of the bar. I'm like, okay, 95 pounds. This is probably okay. Oh, no. And so I remember lifting the weight up. It was just me. There was no spotter there or anything. I had worked out previously with you know a buddy of mine and his older brother who taught us how to lift, mm. but everything was in the garage and he kind of guided us. But this was the first time I was on my own. So anyways, I, I unracked the weight and it felt a lot heavier than I thought. Mm -hmm. And so I start, I tried to do 10 reps, but I was probably going down three or four inches doing this, yeah. you know, like a lot of ego lifting teenagers like to do. And on the 10th rep, I couldn't get it up. It pinned oh, me. No. And this 95 pounds is on my chest, and I'm looking around, and I was like, oh, shoot. So no no joke. It started tipping like this. Aww. The 25 slid off the bar Aww. and fell down. Then oh, the barbell tilted back the other way. Oof. But this, got lucky. this weight specifically rolled across the gym. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. I was so embarrassed. But the, the good thing with both the weights kind of rolling away in opposite directions is there wasn't a lot of people at the gym. There was only a handful. I can't remember if I went like earlier late in the evening or something, but there was barely anyone there. But I was so embarrassed because I just I'm like, oh, I'm probably pretty strong. Yeah. And I was not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the 95 pounds felt like about, you know, 315 pounds or whatever. So yeah, that was uh that was my experience when I first started lifting. <laughs> So listeners, uh, especially any young listeners out there or inexperienced listeners out there, take the lesson of what Jake just said to heart. There's no need to have the bar unless you've got a spotter or unless you know how to lift that weight and you've done that before. Okay. That said, dude, you were so lucky. Holy shit. Can you imagine if that, if that weight hadn't fallen off and you just, well, you probably would have just sat there until somebody came around, yeah. but still that would have been increasingly painful and dangerous. Right. Um, yeah. the good thing it was like, you know, 95 is not a lot of weight. I weighed yeah. more than that. So I probably <laughs> or hopefully could have shimmied it off myself somehow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, it's funny now it's like the opposite. If I'm by myself at the gym, 
I think it's great to not have a spotter with movements like that mm-hmm. because, I, well, I do have a lot of experience with it, but more because yeah. it prevents me from lifting too heavy. And what yeah. I mean by too heavy, it's very easy still, you know, to let the ego get in the way sometimes and just going heavy for the sake of going heavy and always having to add weight no matter what. It prevents me from doing that. Knowing I don't have a spotter, I'll tone it back a little bit. I'll still mm-hmm. push it. Don't get me wrong. But to me, it, it keeps my ego in check sometimes when I don't have a spotter there doing totally. that. So I do a little, I'll do a little bit less weight, concentrate on good form and just moving the bar efficiently. So in a way it can help, but that, that came with a little bit of experience though. Yeah. And that's, and that's the key really. Cause you're going to see, uh, let me be clear. If you're, if you're experienced with the barbell and you know how to manage the weight, there's, you know, you're fine, especially if you're using a, a cage or some, some kind of system where there's a catch, you know what I mean? Um, that said, um, a, a good way to do this listeners, if you are nervous about, about the barbell, but you want to do some chest press and you don't have a spotter, um, dumbbells are great a great um option for you uh just make sure that just like we're talking about with making sure the you know airing on the side of lightweight do the same thing with the dumbbells as well because when you start um when you remove the bar and you start just doing with the dumbbells now you have to enlist all of your little stabilizer muscles to keep the um dumbbells in place so keep that in mind it goes along with the theme that we always talk about here which is just do less weight you could always increase the weight you can't ever backtrack once you've overdone it <laughs> you know what I mean? like, once you've overdone it you've you've probably tweaked something you can like rest but you can't not you can't keep that tweak from happening once it's happened so err on the side of lightweight and work your way up um especially if you're lifting on your own and you know again if you're inexperienced make sure you're you're working with uh at least another person who has experience um before you're using that barbell on your own for the reason jake just said yeah, the dumbbells, that's definitely a great idea, especially if you're by yourself, because worst case, it's very easy to bail. You can yep. let go of the dumbbells. And dumbbells are actually, I think they're they're really fun. I don't mm-hmm. normally do that, or right now I haven't been doing them as much, but I think it's a fantastic movement if you're doing any type of dumbbell press, really. And especially, like you said, if there's no one there to, to spot you, mm-hmm. I think dumbbells are, are great. Dude, I can't believe we haven't even brought up the super bowl yet oh my god <laughs> we Dude. made it 20 or 30 minutes or however long it's been i've thought about it like three or four times though since i know we've been talking. and we haven't even said anything <laughs> oh my well i want to ask you first what you thought of the game until i say anything i want to hear hear what you thought all right all right well so this is this is like this is like a nuanced conversation because anyone watching the game yesterday knows there's a lot to dissect uh i'm gonna start on the most obvious and the thing that's being talked about the most which is the face mask. The, that, um, that, yeah, that, that, that <laughs> yeah. face mask that, um, that caused, um, so, okay, wait, let me, let me take a step back. That actually didn't, that actually didn't make the difference in, in the end. Huh? I, that, that was just, it didn't. Yeah. That's so funny. I didn't realize. I it, so thought just it would at yeah. that moment. I thought that would be the deciding totally. factor. Well, I spent the whole, that's as I just, you can tell I just processed. I spent that whole game thinking, oh, this is, this is the moment that, that especially as close as it was. Right. And then I just realized as I'm talking about, it, no, it, it, it ultimately didn't because, 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 um, the Rams took it, but, um, Oh, so interesting. So, oh my God, I didn't realize like I had more processing to do because those things are completely unrelated. Okay, sorry. Let me take a step back because I gave such a poor answer first. I want to hear what you have to say and then let me give me a sec because that's a whole different like context yeah. now. 
So I, I had a couple different issues. Here's the first one going into the game. I can't like the Bengals. I have to hate the <laughs> Bengals because they knocked the Raiders out of the playoffs. So <laughs> I'm just going to be um, like a poor sport about that. So I, I couldn't get on the train to have the Bengals win. But then there's the issue of the Rams. I'm not going to vote or root for an L.A. team. Right. So there, there's a huge <laughs> issue. What I do when I hate both of the teams and I don't want either of them to win. Right. What, what happens at that point? So the, the whole time I'm like, man, I don't even know what I really want to happen here. I just, I guess, want a good game. But when it got to that point where there was that face mask call, mm. which I thought would be the deciding factor of the game, it made me frustrated because when the Raiders got knocked out by the Bengals, it was... I'm just going to be a poor sport again, mm-hmm. partially because of a very terrible call with the mm-hmm. ref. They blew the whistle. The play should have been dead. There shouldn't have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm not bitter. Actually, I'm still a little <laughs> bit bitter. But point being, I thought the game was going to be won by the Bengals, mm-hmm. partly because uh, they missed that face mask call. Right. And then I don't know if you remember, toward the beginning of the game, the Rams missed an extra point. So for a while, it looked mm-hmm. like those two silly little things were going to be the reason that the Bengals were going to win. Right. So that was uh, that was my take on the game. I am happy that toward then, you know, it did get pretty exciting. It was close. Yeah. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I actually, I thought the Bengals, it got to a point where I, I'm like, okay, I think the Bengals are going to come back and win. That's kind of how I started feeling. Yeah. Um, but they, they could overall, have. I, yeah, that's true. Donald, I, I, Donald shut that. I mean, the whole defense did, but <laughs> Donald made, made sure that wasn't happening. Oh yeah, there's dude. plenty of he, time. That dude was ripping people's heads off for sure. Um, but, but yeah, I was surprised that they didn't get that fourth and one conversion at the end of the game, and that was it. I'm like, dang, that's it, just right yeah. there. There's nothing they can do at that point. So, yeah. but I guess it's cool to to see Aaron Donald, you know, win a Super Bowl. I think yeah. that was kind of the last thing that he needed to do. And I heard people talking about him possibly retiring, which I don't know if that's true whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but he he did get his ring, so that's great. The Bengals didn't win, so part of my heart mm-hmm. is at peace. Because they knocked the Raiders out, so mm. that's what I thought of the game. Nice. I, I'm I'm glad that we able were able to process that because I was still focusing like in my brain that was still that was still a key moment the the face mask, but I didn't even really get through the whole process until now that 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 wasn't even because the Rams took it that wasn't even the issue. So taking that off the table, really for me, I mean, it actually kind of simplifies it because obviously as a, as a football fan, I want to see a great game in which we got to see. Um, but as a defensive player, um, it was a, a viscerally satisfying game because um, they did such a good job. They did the, the, uh, the offensive lines on both sides, but, but especially uh, Cincinnati's offensive line did such a great job of handling Aaron Donald. Well, let me phrase the the strategy did because really bro just got rid of the ball hella quick. Right. So, I mean, yeah. so it's the whole, and he got sacked a bunch too, but I mean, you're right. They did kind of hold him up a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. Well, I felt like it was the whole first half pretty much that I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I don't remember any Donald sacks or, I mean, there was a couple other players and, and so let me say they, there were sacks, but they did, uh, they were successful at, um, neutralizing, Donald for a long yeah. time, which is really the key. Think, I don't think he got, I think you're right. I don't yeah. think he got any sacks. So I'm I think trying to remember, but you're totally other, right. Other defenders yeah. definitely did. And they, and the whole defense played well, and it's easy to focus on Donald, but as a defensive player, it's not often that you like, like there's all, at any given time, there's four or five really great offenses in the league. 
any given time, there's like one or two really great defenses in the league. And, um, you know, and when a player like Mac or, uh, you know, or uh, Donald comes along and just disrupts everything and all of a sudden you got to put two guys on them, you know, obviously that opened it up for the other players to get the whatever sacks were happening. But however you look at it, the entire game plan is still focused on dealing with this one player, right? And then dealing with everything else that goes uh, along with it. So they did a really good job of handling him at the beginning. And then there was a moment, I think it was, it was, it was in the third quarter sometime where, where Donald got his first sack and then the, the, the wall started crumbling and it was like oh. progressively more towards the end. And then it ended with, you know, with those, with those two decisive plays for a defensive player. It doesn't get much sweeter than that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, to see a defensive player uh, disrupting the entire game so dramatically. That's why as we go through, you know, listeners, you've heard me talk about Mac before. You'll hear me talk about Donald. These are some of my favorite players like LT. I know he was an alignment, but it was the same thing, you know, going way back. Right. Lawrence Taylor. Same thing. You have these guys who like you have to completely strategize around this one person. And that's obvious, you know, when you're on, when you're, when you're dealing with that with offense, that's one thing because, you know, you're going to have somebody who's really fast. You're going to get the ball. There's all these aspects. But when you're talking about a defensive player that disrupts the game like that, it just lights me up. So the fact that obviously Cooper cup did an amazing job and deserved that MVP. I wanted to see Aaron Donald get it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm biased. So, Normally, I, th- I think the MVPs for the Super Bowl go to like the quarterbacks most of the mm-hmm. time. Um, but that that would have been cool to see to see Donald get it. As, but, I, I think defensive players have won it, but it's like mm-hmm. once in like a while. I think it's right. like and I, actually, let's look it up. What I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna see. <laughs> Where Andrew? Andrew? I know. Where's Andrew at? Oh, okay. Well, whatever. We'll look it up later, but because we probably talked what <laughs> been like twenty minutes of football already. <laughs> I know it's. We just get excited. We'll have to start a second podcast on yeah. just football. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, let's let's go back to let's talk about fitness again. We'll go to our fitness focus section and go through some funny things that I heard in the industry this week. We could literally do a section every week on funny things that I've heard in the industry, but. These were exceptional and not a good way either that I heard this week. And so I'm going to go over four funny things that I've heard. And this is from two people. So the first, I think it's three points here. It's from the same person. And then the the last points from someone else. Regardless, these are above and beyond. Um, Silly would be a nice way to put it. Yeah, I just read the the first one. That was what the oh my God was. (laughs) Yep. So according to... Someone in the industry this week, they claimed we can live solely off of light. Yeah, I've heard this one before, too. And by just getting light, we'll get all the nutrients that Mm -hmm. we need just from that. Oh, you know, the one I've heard is breathing. I've heard heard the one breathing gives you everything you need. He, I think he went into that and connected both of those, like light and breathing or something. I don't even have a comment about that, so I'll just leave that for everyone to hear yeah i'll, I'll make a com- one i'll make a comment on it um we Let's need other it. things besides light <laughs> yeah there you go that's <laughs> that's, that's obvious right. to, to most people yeah but who knows maybe not this person yeah um point number two muscle is crystallized blood and consciousness <laughs> again i don't know i don't have a thought that i can articulate right now about I, that m- it's 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 people it's people 
one who are this is the in the bigger one you've talked about this who are just trying to you know get social media clicks you know and two is going to be people who are just uneducated and you know think that they know something based on how they feel i thought that i knew something based on how i felt and i came and said it on the podcast and i was wrong i had to go i had to go fact correct it because that's real life you know but you but you didn't say yeah something off the wall right that's a that's a whole different yeah it may, maybe it's for clicks i i don't know a lot of the time it's i dumb. tell myself it has to be for clicks because yeah. it's so insane right but I don't know. Maybe someone believes this. It's, the, it's dumb then, no matter what. I mean, and, and, yeah. and we're not even saying maybe there is some perspective where muscle is crystallized blood and consciousness. Not scientifically. <laughs> yeah. <maybe laughs> not scientifically. In head. Someone's head, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and the next point, again, made by the same person. Again, no no words oh for me. Oh, my God. He, he said muscles made up of snot. Okay, this person's just, this person's just un, un, need, is uneven. Either, either they're going for clickbait or they don't have, they're not working with everything upstairs. I shouldn't say they're not working with everything upstairs. Uh, could be a million conditions, whatever, but this is not information to uh, build off of or learn, listeners. Yeah. The last point was from someone else, and this is still... Uh, it's not as crazy as the points before, but uh, I could see this getting more popular. Mm-mm. People are starting to sell workout programs according to your blood type and telling you to work out a, a certain way. So I'll just leave it at this. If you see that, if someone's selling you a workout program based on your blood type, do not purchase that workout program unless you want to waste your money, which I know no one actually wants to do that. So <laughs> yeah, funny things in the fitness industry. I'm sure in a couple of weeks, We'll do the same thing. We'll have a list of other crazy things we hear. But these were, at least three of these were completely new that I heard, that I saw this week. Guys, if if you are getting information from the internet, which we all are, you should be making sure that the people who are providing that information have the proper um, educational or experiential background. Because if they don't, they're going to say crazy things like this guaranteed this person does not have the experiential or educational background and if they do then they definitely are either doing clickbait or trying or like maybe not they're struggling with maybe a mental health thing or something but this this is not information that should be out in the world yeah it's similar to we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago when that person that said eating fruit is like the same thing as poison right so that is that's a dentist who's been trying to give out a lot of nutritional information. Mm. And he said more crazy things the last like week or two. And plenty of people are calling him out on it, but he, he keeps posting it because I think he knows it upsets people. Yeah. And it sends thousands of people to his comment section. Yep. And the more you comment on a post, the more engagement on a post, the more Instagram or whatever social media feed it is, is going to show new accounts. So part of me isn't sure if he actually thinks the things he says or if he just knows it's going to get him tons of attention i mean this dentist has a you know a massive following so i don't know maybe it's the just a way he gets more followers or something so sounds like it yeah so moving on to not silly things (laughs) in the (laughs) fitness industry so uh we're going to go over optimal ways to gain flexibility now most of us are used to the traditional, say, static stretching. That's where you sit there and you hold a movement for a while. So the the reason 
I like this. I'm a little bit biased, but the the data is clear on this, which is great too. I'm not some like I I don't enjoy any type of stretching. I do it, right. but I don't actually enjoy it. So when there there's been data the last couple of years to show that you don't need to do static stretching to get more flexible and improve your range of motion. You still can if you enjoy it, but you don't need to. Now let me uh, give you an example. If you're someone that might not enjoy doing tons of static stretching and you want to find other ways to be able to improve your flexibility and overall range of motion, here's an example. This is what I like to do sometimes. You don't have to do it this way, uh, but this is what I do. So I, like I said, I hate static stretching or doing any long bouts of stretching. I just don't like it. So before I do my resistance training, I try to start with, you know, a little walk, a, a little bit of cardio to get my heart rate up just a little bit and get all my joints nice and lubricated and get my blood flowing and all that good stuff and, and ready for movement. Then from there, go into normally a dynamic warm-up. So this means I'm going through the full range of motion um, before I actually do my resistance training, going through all these movements, but I'm not actually holding them as you would in a static stretch. And you know, people normally will sit there for anywhere from 30 seconds to a couple minutes just holding a stretch. So I try not to do that if I don't have to. Um, now, so we move on to our resistance training. We're going to use the Romanian deadlift as an example again. So what you can do to help improve your flexibility. So as you go through the movement, our goal, especially if you do struggle with flexibility and mobility and overall range of motion, is to challenge that range of motion. So if you can picture doing a Romanian deadlift, at the bottom of the movement, as the bar is getting closer toward your feet, the goal would be to go down a little bit farther. Now, it's going to feel like you're stretching your hamstrings, um, especially if you're not very flexible, the farther you try to go down. So as long as you control that movement and you're stable and you're owning it the entire time, challenge yourself. Every set as your muscles get a bit more warm, try to go a little bit farther. And the cool thing too, with especially your nervous system, it's basically telling your nervous system, it's okay. You can go down a little bit farther. A lot of it has to do with not your muscle actually stretching, but your nervous system. Yep. So when you go through these movements, challenge your range of motion a little bit each time. Go down a little bit farther. Now, not just for the sake of going all the way down to go all the way down having terrible form, but challenge yourself a little bit with the movement. Now, I will say for myself personally, when I do something like a back squat, I am going to do a little bit of static stretching beforehand, really short bouts of it, just because I struggle to get into optimal positions for my back squat. So there's a little bit of static stretching there. But if I don't have to static stretch, I always feel better during my movements. If we start adding lots of static stretching, it can reduce strength and overall power output for your movements. So if you want to optimally gain flexibility and you don't want a static stretch, then challenging your range of motion during your actual movements is going to help significantly. And this has also been shown through uh, studies and through data that it is as beneficial or optimal as static stretching for flexibility. So great point that Jake just left off on. I'm going to springboard off of that and say um, that not only is it um, a great way to uh, improve your flexibility, but from a functional and practical standpoint, it doesn't get much more effective. Um, <clears throat> the reason why I say that is because 
when we're practicing dynamic stretching, excuse me, amongst the resistance work that we're doing, we are in fact engaging our core, especially if we're doing what Jake said, bringing our body through its full range of motion. And because we have, because we're holding weight, it naturally, just by holding it, we naturally create tension and a stress and stress that creates a stretch. So, uh, Jake was using Romanian deadlifts. So I'm going to switch to, to bicep curls. If you're going, if you're doing your bicep curls, you're going to get that stretch during the eccentric phase. Okay. So the concentric phase is when you're, when the bicep curl, when you're coming up, eccentric phase is when you're coming down, when you're coming down, the muscle is elongated. Um, you, when you bring it through that full range of motion, you get that stretch and it's a functional stretch that, aids in the movement and the comfortability surrounding that movement. So when we compare static stretching to dynamic stretching, even forgetting about the fact that, you know, this, the, the data obviously supports dynamic stretching, um, or active stretching, excuse me. Um, we see that basically, basically there's no point in doing the, the less functional thing when you have a more functional behavior or more functional movement. So um, when we talk about um, stretching and going through that full range of motion, um, what good in a practical standpoint does static stretching gain you? over this dynamic stretching, mid-movement stretching? And the answer, there is an answer to that, and the answer is for corrective action. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're about, sorry, I don't mean to jump ahead of us, but we are about to address the times when we should be using static stretching. But for most of us, there's not a need to do that static stretching because that dynamic stretching while we're doing the activity is more effective. So, you know, why are we going to throw an extra thing on that's less effective than the movement that we already did? Here's the key. If you're throwing the weight around and you're not doing this really conscientious, uh, intentional movement, then all of a sudden active, uh, excuse me, um, uh, static stretching becomes more appropriate because if you're not getting that stretch when you're doing your resistance work, then you actually need to make sure you're doing some stretching afterwards. Um, Otherwise, there's not really for most of us. There's not really a good reason to do that if there's if we're not doing corrective uh, exercise or corrective stretches, or if we're not doing um, or and if we are doing active stretching while we're doing our workout. And then, so that will move us right into our Q and A um, and focusing on the topic of mobility and flexibility and stretching and all of that great stuff. The Q and A for the day question is should i static stretch now i know we were just talking about how just actually going through a full range of motion during your strength training movements can be optimal if you want to do that not not static stretch but should you do it at all now the first part of the answer is it completely depends now i'm going to use myself as an example again there's certain movements that i struggle to get in an optimal position like the squat my ankles are so tight my hips are tight and me static stretching beforehand is going to help, quote unquote, loose me up a little bit to be able to get into an optimal position during my movement. The, the key here, though, if you do static stretch before you strength train, try not to hold the movement super long. We start having a loss of strength and production of power 
after somewhere around the 45 second ballpark of static stretching. So if you're going to do it, do it only if you have to and do it with shorter durations of your static stretching. So if you can do it less than 45 seconds uh, or so, that's going to be optimal for you. And I'm also going to say too, something that I noticed some people stretch just to stretch when they don't need to. And where it becomes an issue is the people that are hyper flexible. And I've actually seen this a lot. So people are already extremely flexible to the point where they're going through their movements and they don't even look stable around their joints. And at that point, that person doesn't need to be static stretching before they resistance train. I think it's still great to get warmed up, maybe do a bit of dynamic stretching, maybe some very low intensity cardiovascular work beforehand, but that person isn't going to benefit during their strength training, that very hyper flexible person, if they do long bouts of static stretching. So that's when I would say you shouldn't do it. If you're someone like me that gets uh, pretty tight around your joints, then a little bit of static stretching yep. uh, can definitely go a long way during your movements. Perfect. That Jake just transitioned me perfectly because the the answer to this is, um, if for me, you should static stretch if you have muscular imbalance that you want to correct. So that might be strength imbalance, but more likely it's flexibility imbalance because we're talking about stretching, right? But there's still there's still there's still value if you're talking about strength, but let's focus on flexibility since that's what we're talking about here today. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, you touched on flexibility, Jake, or strength, but I'm going to focus on. So when we're talking about static stretching after working out in particular, so that's, I I won't ever have a client um, personally, I won't have a client do any static stretching before unless they've got something wonky that they need to stretch out or work out. You know what I mean? They've got, um, you know, tight hamstrings or something, I might have them go through a couple body weight deadlifts so that they can just bring themselves through that full range of motion, right? Uh, or, or you know, I might, to be more on point what we're talking about, I might have them do an umpire stretch, which is a standing hamstring stretch for those of you who are unfamiliar. The idea being here that if you know that you've got super tight hamstrings, a static hamstring stretch is a great option for you. Because you already know that you have that imbalance. So we're using this static stretching as corrective action. The idea here is not to um, push that particular flexibility as much as it is to get the flexibility of your hamstrings to a uh, more equitable, equitable place with the other muscles so that when they're pulling and working in tandem one's not going to pull the stronger one's not going to pull the weaker one out of out of balance. Right. So that's, that's what most of us are dealing with. Even Jake said, it, yeah, I have got my own imbalances. Jake's talking about his, his ankles uh, being a little tight. Um, I've got traditionally very tight hamstrings, which is why I'm kind of focusing on them right now. But here's where the stack stretching enters, right? It's like, you've, I, I know I've got, I've got traditionally tight hamstrings. So I do a little more static stretching in my hamstring. To be honest with you, the only static stretching, well, I do, I do five things for myself to keep, to keep my, my muscles in balance. That's, um, I do, I like to do a hamstring stretch. I like to do a quad stretch. I like to do a piriformis stretch. I like to do a hang stretch with my palms facing forward and my palms facing backwards. None of these things are done because I'm trying to dramatically increase my flexibility as much as I use them to ma- ensure that 
none of my muscles start to get tighter as I go through my workouts. So I know it's a kind of a nuanced answer, but it's a nuanced topic, right? Because stretching while by no means are Jake and I are Jake and I saying you shouldn't stretch. We're simply saying that when you're exercising effectively, when you're doing resistance work effectively, your need for static stretching diminishes need for static stretching diminishes. That doesn't mean that you can't still use it to your advantage. It just also means that, you you know, you want to use these guidelines to also not use it to your disadvantage, such as if you are going to, um, you know, if you're doing power lifting, you're not going to, you know, stretch for more than 45 seconds before that, or you probably won't stretch at all before doing that power lift. But the idea being is knowing when and where to use these skills. And the one thing I did want to add as we wrap up today, a lot of people when they feel a muscle is very tight and like it needs to be stretched. And a lot of times I see this with people's hip flexors Mm. and hamstrings as well. You see this a lot. The tight feeling doesn't always necessarily mean you need to stretch them more. A lot of times this could actually be a strength issue. So going through that movement, such as the RDL, like we talked about earlier today, going through that movement and getting your muscles stronger can actually start to solve that tight feeling so when we have a tight muscle and we just stretch it and stretch it and stretch it sometimes you're not even correcting what is actually the issue so everyone's a little bit different just something to keep in mind if you do have tight hamstrings if you do have tight hip flexors it might be more of a strength type of imbalance versus them just not being flexible enough so just something to keep in mind Excellent point. I'm so happy you said that, Jake. What this really comes down to at this particular moment that Jake and I are at right now is this is where it really comes in handy to work with somebody, whether work with somebody who can help you identify the problems as opposed to, you know, especially if you're somebody who's applying the skills and they don't seem like they're working the way that we're talking about them. There's probably something like this that Jake's talking about where, you know, you might go into something like where you're like, okay, my hamstrings are really uh, tight. Or, uh, uh, but maybe it's really my quads or my hip flexors are, are so tight that they're making my hamstrings feel tight. I don't know if I, that chain works, but the idea being is what Jake just said. Oftentimes it's not the thing that we tend to think instinctually, you know, a lot of times, especially in this work, uh, the corrective behavior, the corrective, the corrective movement is a lot of times counterintuitive to what your brain thinks when you do it, which is why a trainer is helpful because if you do the thing that you, your brain thinks that it should do as opposed to the thing that's counterintuitive and actually better for it, you often, we often exacerbate the existing, existing issues to the point of injury. And now we're talking about taking a break. And then what happens is people injure themselves, take a break and then go back and keep working out the same way. And they just get into this cycle of injury. Um, so as you can, you know, not saying just go out and find a trainer just to work with a trainer, but a good trainer is going to help you through these moments. Absolutely. And all right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the mission driven made podcast today. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so scroll down on your phone there and leave us a review. If you did enjoy our content today, you can find us on Instagram at mission driven made 
Also, we created a free online fitness platform called The Forum. So if you went to Facebook and typed in Mission Driven Made The Forum, you can find us there. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes for The Forum. And it's a place where you can go to converse with other listeners of the podcast. And it's also a place you can go to ask Clayton or I questions. This can be anything from fitness, nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, whatever it is. We're there to answer your questions. And like I said, it's completely free. All right, everyone. We hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And until next time, stay mission driven.